Hello and welcome to Much Ado About Comics, a podcast where we talk about your favorite pop culture on the printed page, as well as movies, television shows, news, and much more. My name is Adam, and joining me is my amazing co-host, Chris. Chris, what's going on? Not too much, man. Let's get into some comics. All right. Uh, how busy of a week was it? I don't know. We had a few bits of news. Let's talk about it. All right. Well, getting into the news then. Uh... Not not a super heavy week. Obviously, still uh, a lot of Batman v Superman uh, reactions and uh, justifications. I think that's yes. been the, the yes. most newsworthy <laughs> thing for me. Has been everything that's come out of Zack Snyder's mouth. It's kind of just like an to, amazing uh, train wreck, just to slowly watch. Yeah, like the reactions. But, but guys, if you just if you think about this thing and this other thing, then those things that I put in the movie <laughs> make sense. Uh, no, me- Zack Snyder. That's not how you make a film. <laughs> it's, I, I, Zack Snyder's always been a very visual director, and he clearly had a vision for this movie. And I think he's just frustrated that he can't communicate that effectively with a typical Maybe. play. I think, I think he had a vision for a couple of the scenes. I feel like there are some of the scenes that it's like, oh, wow, this this is an image. You know, this is something yeah. that is going to stick with you and obviously it came from a very creative place and then there's the rest of the movie <laughs> yes you know what i mean yes no i mean you can tell they built and i don't, I don't know movie. if it was just me no uh, well uh, yeah you can but tell they built the entire movie like, around certain scenes oh yeah and then they had no idea yeah, it, let's not get into that but okay. i i felt like there were certain parts where i especially it was because of the score that you know, okay, they're hovering on this one thing. You know, we're looking at uh, someone looking for Lorn or a monument or something, and the music swells, and it just, I felt like, okay, the movie right now is saying to me, be excited, this is thematic. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is big and grandiose. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you're just putting sweeping music behind visuals that have no real meaning or impact because mm-hmm. we don't care about these characters right now. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Whole other issue. Anyways, are you, are you talking about some of? We, I mean, we talked a little bit about this last time. We don't have to repeat it, but the uh, rock synth score that they played a lot at the finale. I, um, I, no, actually, no. I I thought that was actually sort of in tone. Okay. Um, I'm talking more about you know, anytime you see Superman flying slowly in slow motion, or you know, Batman's doing something cool and. Or, or isn't doing anything, and they just want to have, you know, a shot of Batman, and everyone, okay, we feel like the audience isn't thinking he's cool enough right now, so let's take a moment and reestablish with this music how they should be feeling about this. Mm. But, anyway, we'd love to get into news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think just the, the nerd... Uh, community just collectively could talk about Batman versus Superman for the next six months, and they might. Well, I mean, <laughs> we've only been just... waiting for what three years? Oh for my this gosh, movie? that's. A, I mean, that's another really good point. We've, I want to say it. I, I feel yeah. that they had so much time to prepare that there was no reason they weren't rushed. There was yeah, no. There's reason. no excuse for getting exactly. it this wrong. Exactly. And uh, uh, Marvel can produce movies that are better under budget and on actually. Time. Speaking of, of, of sort of news, because it is something that came out recently, mm-hmm. but related to BBS. Okay. They uh, released a series of uh, side-by-side images of the set and then the end product to showcase the you know some of the visual effects shots. Mm-hmm. But it felt like the prequels. 
because in all of these shots, there's no actual set. It's just, you know, a, a soundstage covered in green screen material. Mm-hmm. And so there's no there's no reality for these actors to latch onto and react to. They're just, mm-hmm. okay, you know, there's going to be a scary monster here and you're facing him down, so stare at each other intently. They or, might just have like a little pile of rubble in front of them. Yeah. And then, oh no, they have a card, a green box that they would tell them will be <laughs> in rubble later on. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, you know, I think if you if you compare the actual the acting and how people interact with things in the prequels and BVS, you're going to see a lot of similarities. Mm. And if they keep going down that road and do a Transformer esque, you know, visually spectacular, but with no depth, uh, crowd pleasing affair, as it sounds like they're going to. Are they not doing uh, that already? Justice League part one and two. How do you mean? I feel like the, the ones, the films, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, so far have been pretty spectacular and heavy on the effects and crowd pleasing, or they're trying to please the crowd. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I from, like how how's again, it, how's it going to be different? This is from the uh, a a report. Um, talking about Zack Snyder's uh, future involvement, basically justifying why he's still going to be directing the um, uh, Justice League two parts, okay. you know, Justice League part one and two. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like they want, you know, it's very much a reaction to the dark nature of BVS and how people Very much how like that. BVS was a reaction to Man yeah. of Steel. Yeah. But you see, in BVS, I felt like they definitely commented on Man of Steel and and reacted to the public perception of, say, all the destruction at the end of the first movie. But then they completely did the exact same thing over again without... Yeah. It's, it's almost like they they just... There's like a, like a child who was very upset that everyone was yelling at them. So then they uh, calmed down and, and tried to get everyone to go away. And then they just continued playing with their toys and smashing them together because that's what they wanted to do. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> no, I, it's something I've said before, but it feels like there is an appreciation for what people like about these characters. Mm-hmm. Like Batman is dark and dangerous and, you know, Superman's incredibly powerful. And, uh, well, I don't know. People like Superman for other reasons, but not the the why of these. They like, or, you know, I'm sorry. Let me, let me backtrack a second. Okay. The studios seem to understand what things about the characters they people like, but not why. Mm. And so they can't seem to tap into that and make a movie that is uh, that people enjoy and is fulfilling. Or, you know, maybe it's just me hating everything. But, <laughs> you know, if you are going to write your own story or tweak these original stories, mm-hmm. you can't be surprised when people don't like them in the same way that the like the originals if you don't stay true to the reasons why people like the originals. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I, having characters that are accurately reflected. I think that kind of came down to a misunderstanding of the source material. I, Zack Snyder yeah. just was kind of like, that. That that's cool. He, he wanted the Dark Knight Returns, but he didn't really, he wasn't a fan of the Dark Knight Returns. He just, he liked it. Oh, no. He liked certain moments in it, but I don't think he, well, he clearly. Again, I, it's, there's certain images, there's certain panels right. that it's like, oh, clearly that's from 
the you know dark. And Zack Snyder's a very visual but director. So nothing about surprising. that. The spirit of that right story it comes through. I'm right, exactly, exactly. There's a lot more going on there. I mean, one of the reasons the Dark Knight Returns is such a widely regarded comic is because of how uh, different the ideologies of Superman versus Batman are and what they represent. Yeah. There's a lot going on there, character wise. Uh, oh, you mean uh, those two people who both kill based on their own moral code <laughs> and act as judge, jury, and executioner? Yeah, a little bit. Those two people with yeah. their vastly different <laughs> worldviews? <laughs> completely, completely. Uh, as opposed to the new movie, which has a lot of death in it, uh, but with uh, something... Go- it does re- Dude, it does remind me a lot of the prequels now that I think about it. There's some parallels here for sure. Yeah, like once you make that connection... You, it's just like, oh my god, this is this is what's wrong with cinema. Yeah, because if you think about the characters and how just terribly boring they are, and they don't really connect, and the dialogue, there's no main character, just like the fan. All the emotion feels incredibly disingenuous. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to think back. Think of any point. Can you pick any scene where the emotion that they were throwing out was believable, or you connected with it? No. Um, well, no, actually, maybe Ben Affleck is Batman <laughs> in his ragey moments uh, or when Alfred was being snarky, something like that. Sure. And I think, you know, Alfred was a great character. Those I, I really enjoyed it. It was Jeremy Irons, right? Yeah. Um, but he, even uh, the most emotional that Batman got was hearing his mother's name during the that fight. Martha. Why that that still name? felt. Ugh. <laughs> There's so many other names you could have said. Why did you say the same one <laughs> as my mom? This is um, definitely a good enough reason for me not to murder the thousandth person in this film. But a good scene that that, that to to go uh, like you just said sure. <laughs> is the scene where Superman jumps into the bathtub with Lois Lane, which I did not connect with oh, really yeah. in the slightest. Really, really. I actually, if I had to pick the most genuine feeling scene, that would be it. I know that well, it strikes me as that is the high point for me, but it it didn't quite just get. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, it, I'm not saying that I felt like you know uh, it didn't emotionally resonate with me, but that seemed like believable emotion on screen. Okay, sure. sure. As you know, every time Superman is grimacing, which is the rest of the movie, just has. I'm I'm not. He just has a sad shower. No a sad shower amidst the explosion yeah. of the Capitol. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just going to have a sad shower. Nothing lets you connect with your inner sadness uh, better than, you know, being bathed in the ashes of a bunch of bystanders. Yeah. Yeah. Without really any alarm, just just depression. Do you think do you think that's a thing that maybe the Superman in this universe has like a mild depression? He could he could get some medication. I don't know. <laughs> He, he needs some super medication. He just, he he just needs like purple <laughs> kryptonite or something. There has to be some version of kryptonite that's just like a vile or a, uh, a mild antidepressant. And he's like, you know what? I woke up today. I made my breakfast, which I haven't done in six months, and I'm very proud of myself. And he posts it on his hey. social media, and everyone's yeah. very happy for him. Just, I'm going to go that, out there, and I'm going to well, save honestly, some kittens from trees. It's going to be great. <laughs> That, you know what? I would have loved to see that in BVS. It would have been like, a, it would have brought at least Superman a little bit is. of levity. Yeah. It would have helped explain why everyone's so grim all the time. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, I let's mean, move honestly, on. you cannot find a superhero that doesn't have some sort of diagnosis. Well, yeah, because you know what I mean. All, like, From psychotic. a mental health perspective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Cause... Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's so, move on. Uh, on. Any other news? Well, yeah, because we were just talking about DC, but on the other side of the coin, Marvel is uh, making some moves with releasing an early screening of Civil War for some critics, and very yes. positive reviews are coming out of that. That is also what I read. However, I would caution people. Mm. Well, we also had the same thing happen with Batman v Superman. Yes, yes. They had the early so. screenings, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is very good." Well, was it so? Was it to all critics, or was it only like the internal Warner I, Brothers? No, I think it was like internal or something. But that, it was still, I think. everyone saying this is the best Batman v Superman, yeah, best movie ever. Batman's a but yeah. I mean, I actually have seen reactions uh, from certain critics on the internet and on YouTube who I know and follow and respect, uh, and, and they seem to be quite excited about it. So we'll see. Yeah. And, you know, even though it will never be the movie that I want to, because I have, uh, you know, I love the original comic, um, there's nothing that says that it, they can't make a really good movie. Marvel yeah. has been consistently doing that for a long time. Yeah, yes, they, very you know, much so. They know what tone they want to go for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely hopeful. Um, we're certainly going to see that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you think? I mean, I, I'm i just kind of busy and that weekend, yeah. you know, the opening weekend and the next weekend. And if if you miss it, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, then you can't go back. <laughs> it's honestly, I have a friend here who did not see Star Wars until like last week, till it came out on Blu-ray, basically. He just, he just Good. didn't get around to it. He made, he made the right choice. Really? Oh, oh. wow. Honestly, if I could go back, I would not watch it. Have we, have we talked and this about is someone, this? I've, I've seen it twice, I think. Two or three times. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm sure we have talked about it, but not on air. Oh, I I, I mean, did you <laughs> is, not is like? Is that newsworthy? Is that, that movie what... that came out a long time ago that I have opinions about? Yeah. Are you saying you didn't like it? I I was incredible. No, basically, you. I didn't like it, mm. and I have lots of reasons. I think it was, again, in no way faithful to the tone or the original content of the movie or the, of the original trilogy, I should say. Mm. And while I understand that it is a reboot of the series to get new audience or, you know, new fans and consumers interested, which is fine. Um, it just, it wasn't what I enjoy about star Wars. Mm. And I don't think it was a very good story. Mm. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is, yeah, while it had some really great moments, if I have to, at the end of the movie, go on the internet to figure out why certain <laughs> oh, choices agree. were made I or, agree. you know, the explanation for things, then you didn't make the whole movie. I agree. It defeats you the purpose. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oof, we, we, let's, let's not get into this today. <laughs> Yeah, we could, yeah. We could talk uh, an entire podcast about it. We'll we'll do some Star Wars podcasts. I'm just thinking in my head as as the the engine picks up steam and all these other reasons. <laughs> just, yeah, let's ride right just, by it. Just the nerd rage, just just summoning yeah. from deep within. Okay, yeah, let's Ugh. just 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 <laughs> um <laughs> just relating. It, that's a very good case of they understood what people liked about it, but not why. So they gave you all the elements that you liked. But it just feels heartless, you know. 
Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I just and that was in my opinion. But okay. other news, uh, I, uh, we have a lead villain for Wolverine three. Ooh, tell me about it. If you'd like to talk about that, I wouldn't. Well, uh, according to Deadline, and I'm getting this off of uh, newsarama.com for all your comic book news. Wow. Uh, but they have cast uh, Boyd Holbrook as the, and we don't know who he's playing yet, but as the main antagonist for uh, Wolverine three. Okay. Um, and in, uh, I don't Narcos know who that is. Who's he? What's he been in? Narco. Uh, Narcos on Netflix, which is uh, I haven't seen it personally, but everyone loves it. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna uh, assume that's about narcotics. We, we know for sure, right, that Wolverine three is gonna be Old Man Logan. Right? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I I don't know how official anything can be at this point, but that, yeah, they basically said they're doing Old Man Logan. Huh. Well, I mean, that's. I haven't exciting. read Old I'm, Man Logan. Have you? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know if I got all the, or I don't think it was all the way out when I, when I read it. Okay. Um, but I got up to the point where Hawkeye and Wolverine get to the end of their journey. Hmm. And I don't know how much farther it goes on after that. But, I mean, incredibly good story. Yeah. And again, I think what makes it great is these really compelling, interesting characters. And that's what we want to see on screen, which I think generally Hugh Jackman's been pretty good about being true to the character. Oh, I, I the problems with, with him in those movies or, you know, with the movies that Wolverine is in is not generally Wolverine or at least not Hugh Jackman's fault. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, speaking of which, I just saw that Charlize Theron has been cast as the villain in the next Fast and the Furious movie. Really? It'll be interesting. Female villain. They've never done that. Have, have you seen yeah, all of those movies? I, no. I, I enjoy them. I've seen some of them. I surprisingly yeah. enjoy them. They, uh, I saw the, la- or the last two, I think, okay. recently, and they're, they're really enjoyable. They're fun movies. They don't try and be anything other than what they are, and that's, that's that's great. That's exactly what they need to do. I think you get in trouble when movies yep. try to be things that they're not or that are not in line with their oh, core let's identity. Push the envelope, man. No, no. Let's let's just make a fun movie where uh, people steal cars. It's great, and Jason Statham can be the villain. I I, I watched say, Furious the Six. Plot, the plot for Seven is yes. just real dumb. But that's oh, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't need to be smart. No, no, no. I it's it it's funny. I I, I watched Furious Seven. Is it Furious? Do they call it Furious? Yeah, whatever. The seventh one. Yeah, Furious Seven. They I watched it and I thought the editing was just like a little too quick. I don't know why, but that bothered me. But five is probably my favorite all the time. I haven't seen it. Really? Oh, that's the best one. That's when they uh, go to like Rio de Janeiro probably and drag a safe behind their car. You've never seen that oh, one? Oh yeah. No, uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. And they play Donze Caduro at the end. It's really <laughs> Which, great. Let's let's just not even get into the, the physics. physics of oh, as a mechanical but... <laughs> engineer. No, 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 no. Uh, but I digress. Charlize Theron, I think, yeah. will be an interesting villain. I don't really I don't think I've seen she's her in a villain role, but I was yeah, I was just gonna say she's pretty much good in everything she does. Um, I think she was in, 
the Snow White, the new Snow White stuff. Oh, the Huntsman. As a, as a villain? Yes. Yeah, isn't she yes. the antagonist in that? The Queen, or... I haven't um, seen it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, the next one looks kind of fun. <laughs> like Snow White? Uh, yeah, I think it's just called The Huntsman. Oh, yeah. But it is <laughs> the the sequel to whatever the other one was. Wasn't Kirsten... Was it Snow White and the, Huntsman? And the Huntsman? Yeah, but it was Kristen yeah, Bell from... With Chris, yeah, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, what, what did I say? Kristen Bell. Yeah. Okay, jeez. Kristen Bell. That's, that's, that's someone else. Uh... What are we talking about here? I that's a great refocus. <laughs> you know, I heard some interesting news today. Ooh, what? what is... Would you like to hear what it is? Maybe. Yeah, tell me. Tell me. We uh, we have some information on how much screen time we're going to be getting in Civil War with Spider-Man. Do we want to know this? At... Is this is this too spoiler? Uh, I'm. <laughs> we're throwing up the spoiler alert right now. Okay. I, guess, I, 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 guess... I think so. I think it's interesting. Okay. It's uh, they say maybe ten minutes of Parker and twenty minutes of Spidey. That's that's which I think than that's pretty promising. Expected. And I think yeah, actually definitely. that was one of the comments I saw coming out of the early critic reviews of Civil War. They said that both Spider Man and Black Panther got more screen time and were standouts than than they thought. So that's cool. That's that's really promising. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I love the current you know cast of characters that Marvel has. But you need to expand it. You need to be introducing more people, Absolutely. even if it's in their own movies. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, and because we know that uh, Sp- Iron Man and Captain America and Bucky are obviously going to get enough screen time as is. So the fact yeah. we get to see these other characters have more of a role in the central story probably is going to make it an overall much more balanced movie. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the areas where the studios will help us as the viewers Mm -hmm. because they're not going to want to keep making movies with these hugely paid actors if they could still make a huge amount of money with, you know, people who aren't Robert Downey Jr. and are requiring millions of dollars for each film. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I don't know. I can dream. (laughs) Well, I think they're being smart about it too. I think they know they need to expand this, expand their roster because these the big three Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man aren't going to be around forever. Yeah. At least, at least they're actors. I mean, Do you think? Oh, yeah. Here's really getting into uh, speculation, but just super far down the road, how do you think they'll handle? I mean, I think it'll be Iron Man first that they'll have to deal with Robert Downey Jr.'s departure in some capacity. Yeah. Um, how, what do you mean? How, how will they switch off the character? Do you, yeah, do you think they'll retire the character? Or do you think they'll switch the act? Uh, or do you think they'll hand off the... It'll all come box? down to Infinity War, I mm-hmm. think. Um so, you know, yeah, I think that would be their big opportunity to switch around characters, you know, renegotiate contracts based on which movies they're going to be making going mm-hmm. forward. And just because uh, his contract, ooh, let's get some more news in here right now. <laughs> it was just nice segue. Uh, it was just last year, yeah, that uh Robert Downey Jr. signed a contract extension with Marvel Studios, uh which is basically it puts him in Avengers 3 and uh Maybe Iron Man Four. There's maybe There's old Iron news. Four. I'm sorry. I, I mean, Come on, Cinema that's Blend. news to me. I didn't know that they would even consider an Iron Man Four at this point. Oh, that okay. 
scratch everything I just said because I wanted no. to see how many movies uh, Robert Downey Jr. had left in his contract. And yes. I clicked on the first thing that Google gave me, yeah. which was apparently a two-year-old article that said last year Robert Downey Jr. did all these things. So none of that is probably accurate at this point. That, that's great, Chris. Scratch great. that. Yeah. Scratch that from the record. We're professionals here, ladies and gentlemen, all you listeners at yep. home. We know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> we do this all the time. Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, we have a couple so, followers on Twitter, yeah. I think we have like two. I think we have two yeah. followers, which is kind of cool. Uh, maybe they liked what I was saying about whatever I was live tweeting. Uh, yeah. What was the, the – it was – the animated movie that just came out recently. Yeah, which one? Um, Justice League versus Teen Titans. Oh, you want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Well, let's talk about that, but let's also talk about the news of the Killing Joke animated, which I sent you, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. let's talk about it. Okay, but you go first. You go first. Uh, I think it's... Oh, uh, sorry. Which one? <laughs> the, the first thing you said. What was the one that you watched? The, uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans. Yes. Uh, is the movie that I watched Tell us about and it. did some live tweeting of. Um, brief. Very good movie. Um, brief summary. Can brief I summary. can I remember what happens in this movie? That was going to be the test. Um, the test is: Can you tell me what happened? All right, let me think here. Take you get the usual sort of um, Justice League and Team Titan, or you know, the Teen Titans want to take on more responsibility and they don't want to be seen as the kids, but sure. the uh, Justice League, you know, your your classic setup. Yeah. But they do it very, very well in you know short amount of time. Mm. Um, good showcase of all the characters. They're all comic accurate. Um, essentially, it's as you would expect because you need to have these two pe- these two forces fight. So one of them has to either get they have to swallow some nanobots, or there has to be aliens, or ghosts, or something along those lines. Sure, it's something along those lines. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, and you know. It was mostly a Teen Titans movie. Um, That's interesting, uh, considering yeah. to how, how how much so did it tie into the Teen Titans animated series from way back? See, that I couldn't tell you. I never, I didn't have TV oh, at the really? time, oh. and so I never got to watch uh, the Teen Titans cartoon. Hmm. Um, my uh, Teen Titans experience is just what I have gleaned from the Young Justice uh, TV show, right, which was which different. Is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Young Justice should not have been canceled. If I, listeners, I would be hard pressed. You haven't watched Young Justice. Uh, it's an amazing series. Yes, I would say if you want, I, that is what I would point to as probably the best depiction, the modern depiction of those characters. Oh yeah, I would. Um, it's just yeah, it's very good. Um, you know, and shows how you can have adult, you know, intellectual plots. Um in a comic book universe and treat them seriously and still have it be enjoyable and fun. Wait, are we talking and about Young Justice or the thing you watch? Talking about Young Justice and that. Guy. <laughs> but okay. this is also, it also applies here, I think. Yes. Um, you know, very similar stylistically and all the characters do the things the characters, you know, they do what you'd expect them to do. They are who you think they would be mm. based on the comics. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, seeing the added action of, you know, it's not bamf and whap and boff or whatever the, the punching noises are. I know that was Nightcrawler teleportation. I don't need the letters. <laughs> but <laughs> it's hard to think of on the fly. Have you? But, you know, to see the, these action scenes play out in real time is really enjoyable. 
Yeah. Sorry, uh, you were saying. Have you ever seen the Peter Hollands? He's uh, a, a YouTube uh, comedian. He did a series of Professor X firing people. Like. Yes. And he, uh, Pete Holmes. <laughs> oh, P- Peter Holmes. Yes. Or Peter yeah. Hollands. Uh, no. Holmes. No. Okay. His name is Pete Holmes. Okay. Just for for our listeners, if yep. they want to check yeah, that. Out. Yeah, it's very good. Oh my gosh, it was just. <laughs> well. Do you okay. want to use that, my good sir, as a wonderful segue? Oh, talking about some of our perhaps. I think I, I, before we talk about that, so, though, there's one more piece of news. Remember, right. I wanted to I wanted to mention they announced uh, the, or they released the trailer for the animated Killing Joke movie. Oh yeah, which how did what did you think? I was so excited for. Oh my gosh, and I actually actually I guess I hadn't paid attention to it up until this point. So this snuck up on me, but. Uh, very excited about the fact that Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are returning as Batman and the Joker, respectively. And yeah. uh, I then I then watched that little behind-the-scenes documentary, which I sent you. And uh, no, they look like they're being extremely faithful to the roots with the animated series, and much more so even than maybe some of the other animated movies that have come out lately. So I I think we're uh, in for a real yeah, treat. I'd, I'd agree with that. I have you read The Killing Joke? I have not. So some of the things that they talked about in that feature that worried me a little bit, mm. specifically when they were talking about ratings, mm-hmm. which uh, just it, as an aside, never mind. Yeah, okay. But specifically, they were talking about, well, we feel that we can do this as a PG-13 rated mm-hmm. feature. And I think that concern, honestly, is it's really limiting in some ways. I don't think that story I, I think they're right. That story probably could get told without getting too gratuitous and because obviously uh, are you familiar a little bit with the story just very vaguely okay without without giving anything away yeah don't spoil it yeah no no no, of course not the joker makes an effort to show batman and the world that anyone can go bad Mm. or uh can just lose it from just one really bad day Mm. that's that's basically the the point of all the stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he goes through great efforts to torture certain characters uh, in order to prove that point. And some of the some of those tortures uh, are, are psychological. But if you don't depict them the way that they're presented in the comic, they don't have that same weight, obviously. Mm-hmm. You're talking about getting tortured by the Joker. I mean, that that's, would probably that's some scary be stuff. Graphic. Yeah, probably a little bit more than 13 year olds could handle. Yeah, but obviously they have to walk that line because they want to, you know, already movies don't make it right. crazy amounts of money generally. <clears throat> Deadpool. Dead, yeah, Deadpool being exception. <sighs> but, you know, we'll see. Honestly, I'm sure I'm going to love it more than any of the live action DC stuff I've seen recently. Oh, yeah. So, well, we've talked about this at length off air, but wouldn't it be amazing if they just gave the movie uh, production over to animated people yeah because it's like you know it's like who could possibly make a good movie and make us millions of dollars warner brothers executives say uh it's not like they have these uh this this force of talent already completely uh, structured and packaged and ready to go just 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 hand it to them and and i'm sure we would be the first to say that we don't understand the movie making industry we don't have full backside you know insider knowledge uh, into the we back dealings, but <laughs> no, but at the same time, you know, these uh, 
people love the characters because primarily, I think, of the comics and the toys and stuff. But you have these writers who are really good at, at talking about and telling the stories of these characters. Yes. And they're saying these are, you know, we've written this tale where the these things happen. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't the movie making, you know, uh, industry trust those storytellers as much as it does the people who are writing, you know, movies? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, and my suspicion. I, I just I don't understand that disconnect. Right. I I mentioned this a little bit. You I texted you, uh, but I really think it's it's kind of a historical. Uh, stigma associated oh, yeah. with thinking that animation and the whole production process is somehow beneath these studio executives who do live action films, how they're somehow yeah, different Yeah, we make real pictures, right. see? <laughs> um, yeah. And I think I mentioned to you that the, the best example I was able to find of this was from the documentary The Death of Superman Lives, uh, which, yeah. listeners, if you're not familiar, is a really interesting uh, telling of the failed Superman movie, which would have starred Nicolas Cage and would have yep. taken place. Uh, generally generally referred to as the Kevin Smith Batman movie. Or yes, Superman yes, movie. yes. And it was it have been released after the Sh- Joel Schumacher Batman films, but before the uh, Christopher Nolan films, I believe, if I'm correct. Uh, yes. But, oh, right. also... F- Fun fact for you, Chris. Jake actually was one of the people that crowdfunded that. Really? He donated some money. His name is in the credits. Small oh. world. Um, anyway, that film documentary goes into quite a bit of detail talking about how some of the studio executives uh, decided that they were going to take comic book properties way back in the day. We're talking 80s uh, and even late 70s with the original Superman movie. And we're going to take the material, but then we have to adapt it and change it for the film because there was just this inherent belief that you can't just make a straight adaptation. You have to change things because, you know, it's... Which is is sad because that's... People didn't fall in love with those stories and characters because they adapted the stories and characters in their mind. Right, exactly. That's not what happened. <laughs> they loved the source material. And I think that's one of the that's one of the distinguishing factors I think that have made Marvel Studios successful because I think all of their films are pretty much they they feel like they've been torn from the pages of a comic. Wouldn't you say? Say that again. I think Marvel Studio. I just want to make sure I understand. Marvel Studio movies do a really good job of capturing why the comics were successful, or capturing the tone and the style that make it seem as if if it was a straight adaptation rather than changing uh, critical elements. I mean, they do change I, yeah, certain things. Well, but I, I would think I would just minor. clarify that I think they've gotten a, a very good idea of a certain kind of comic book. Mm. You know, the, the fun, enjoyable sort of romp comic, okay, sure. which there are lots of and totally valid and no one should, you know, I, I feel like that's pretty hard to argue against. But that's not the only kind of comic they have, you know. Marvel? You can also have those. Well, no, no, no. I just mean in general. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, you no, don't, yeah, yeah. There are other kinds of comic book stories if, they, if the studios wanted to go in that direction. Absolutely. You, know, you could I'm have saying. a horror movie with comic book characters. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, maybe not make it fantastic. Or romantic or, comedy or uh, whatever. Whatever. Well, oh, God. Or <laughs> if you, well, no. They should, have, they should have just stuck to that yeah, instead yeah, of the yeah. studio getting cold feet yes. about Josh Trank's vision and, which, you know, whatever. 
But uh, we don't. We let's yeah, not get at least that we would have gotten a cohesive, you know, uniform weirdness. Yes. Uh, a lot of the Fantastic Four stuff's weird. Go with it. I would. I was just saying that I think Marvel Studios, as as a film studio, has done a good job because they've adapted their properties, their own properties, without changing a lot. Uh, uh yeah, I'd agree. At least they didn't in terms change of... anything more to, than they had to to make right. it work right. on screen. Because, because they I were... totally get, you know, there are certain powers or people that you're dealing with in these, you know, universe, multiverses, whatever, that are really hard to put on screen well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, inherently, you have to do something. Uh, and, and film is obviously not comics so so there is certain artistic yeah. adaptation which has to happen there out of necessity uh but uh, th- a good example for marvel i yeah. think would be scarlet witch Ooh. who i i, I actually that would be the worst you know the worst example for me because i feel like she's essentially just superman now she's mm. got hand blasts and a little bit of like brainwashiness so, but that's not is, you know a far well, yeah. What? But I mean, it's it's a far shot from. Sorry. What did no, you say? I, I'm just confused. How how is that Superman? No, no, no. Scarlet Witch. Yeah, yeah. But did did you mention In Superman? Mar- I don't. I don't think so. Okay, never mind. Never the, mind. Only the tape will tell. Okay, I'm gonna go back. But no, no, I I just mean it. It's one of the. Oh, I said she was like Iron Man. Oh. She essentially has Iron Man powers. Ah, okay. She can sort of fly. She can shoot stuff out of her hands. And okay, I get it. I get it. I got it. it. Yeah, as opposed to you know manipulating or uh, manipulating reality, which is one really hard to work into plots effectively. I imagine if those plots are already you know yeah set around battle scenes that you need to work in. Yeah, but you know, and that's a concession that look the comics can't or the movies will never be fully faithful to the comics. I think. By by necessity of the medium, you mm-hmm. know they are different, you're and, and it doesn't have to that's be fine. completely faithful. And you're and you're right. I yeah. think the the reason the flip side is important is because if you if you decide to start making a lot of changes, you have to realize that the original source material that you adapt from is popular for a reason to begin with. Uh, and if you yep. start changing that, you're introducing a heck of a lot of risk into the property and, 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 and opening yourself up to that uh, chance that it's not going to be as well liked. Whereas if you're able to capture the reason that people like the source material to begin with, they're probably going to like the movie. At least that's what I think. Yep. Anyway. Is, I think one of the reasons why we and many other people love the animated movies so much oh yeah because they sort of bridge that gap it's it's literally you know? like watching the comic it's like i I don't want to read a comic today i'm just going to watch the comic on the tv like that's what yeah. it feels like well i feel like if for some reason maybe because it is more comic book writers who are your comic book individuals who are um being involved with the animation mm-hmm. side of it but it seems like they're 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 less embarrassed about you know the stories that they're telling. Oh yeah, for they're sure. They're saying you know yes, this is a guy who dresses up like a bat, you know, for, because of his parents and he beats up people, but he doesn't <laughs> kill them because of specific reasons. Yeah, it's super weird. This guy has some mental issues. But let's but work within character. that context, within you know? that framework. Yeah, 
yeah. Uh, an interesting thing while I'm thinking about it, why do you think that, well, I'll say that I think that the DC animated films are better or at least more popular than the Marvel animated films. I've tried watching some of the Marvel animated stuff, and I ha- really had trouble getting through it. I think the one that I was able to watch the most was the Planet Hulk adaptation. Uh, yes, which was, uh, you know, serviceable. Yeah. It honestly sort of, I having watched the animated movie, I have no interest in seeing a live-action feature of that story. Oh, really? I know a lot of no. people say they want to see a Hulk movie that's always playing at all. Maybe, maybe they, I mean, maybe it's because of the animated movie, but I have to imagine the comic that it comes from, which I haven't read, mm-hmm. um, is very good. I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. I just want to get more characters, honestly. I think we've had how many Hulk movies at this by this point? Not well. Not, I mean, ones where he's the star in canon. Like, I mean, we've had the Incredible Hulk, which is in the canon of the current MCU. Uh, but before that, we had the 2003 Ang. Uh, Hulk. three. What? We. Uh. I thought we had three: the well, Incredible Hulk, Hulk. Yeah. No, no. I guess you're right. Just, just those two. Yeah, but I'm saying only the. That's Incredible still enough. It's <laughs> in canon, but what, what, what point? I you're thought sh- technically the other one was as well. I don't think so. People uh, just don't talk about it because it was terrible. I yes, but in in the official MCU canon, I'm pretty sure it is not. Uh, it. Right. The Incredible Hulk introduces the background of Bruce Banner, but it's very much just the archetypal uh comic background and then you could you could say that the, the other one was well but it and doesn't that, that background itself is determined that's that's part of the reason why i hate when people are get picky about origin stories every superhero has multiple origin <laughs> stories yeah you know uh yeah. batman accepted pretty much and even that, uh, I mean, through every iteration, Batman's had pretty much the exact same. Okay. Well, so there's not there's but, so much you can do with it. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, yeah. Oh, no, not that's not even true, I think. Because uh, they've changed it repeatedly where um, Bruce Wayne's, or uh, Thomas Wayne, in this case, yeah, yeah. Uh, try, it kicks it off by trying to fight the criminal or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, so they do little very little tweaks, but yes. generally, Those are, what do they call them? Like the Elseworlds or something? Uh, no, this this was just in. Um, and it, they also have Elseworld stories. But you're not but, talking about Elseworld. Um, yeah, no, this is just in new. Uh, I'm trying to think of how they phrase it, but when they reboot the universe, New Fifty Two. I I just mean in general. What is it called when they? Uh, I guess when they when they reboot those universes, a lot of the times they'll tweak the origins okay. to you know reflect the character that they want to have. Gotcha. gotcha. Anyways, anyway, uh, what were we talking about? I don't remember. Let's talk about our main uh, topic. The we were talking about the Batman stuff. Oh, uh, the animated, animated, uh, yes, joke. going all the Excited way. Excited for the Killing Joke. Yes, I think that's the moral of the story. Me too. Good. Moving on. Let's talk a little bit about the X-Men film franchise because that's something that I wanted to talk about. Oh okay. boy, where do you want to start? Let's start best at the beginning. Best to worst or worst to best? Let, no, let's start chronologically. Worst to best then. We're going to go... Chron- Wait. What? <laughs> chronologically is 
what first class then <laughs> well uh are you no, no, no. are you taking into account the time jump or <laughs> no we're not doing that okay how about how about just way order too hard. of release or hey, let's just do just okay random... I, I do have that list in front of me wonderful x-men one thoughts yeah okay a little bit of backstory before we just uh, jump right into it I the reason sure. <laughs> I picked this for our main topic today is because um, I felt that the X Men obviously the first well no were they the first Marvel superheroes to appear on the big screen? First Marvel movie was Howard the Duck, followed by Ooh, uh, Search uh, Spawn, I think. Okay. I don't know. I know Spawn was in there. Blade is Does... a Marvel oh, property, that's right. and I, they did yeah, Blade. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so there were some, but... So uh, what am I trying to say? This was definitely in a different different, different vein, though, because a lot of those, uh, which ties into our Deadpool conversation we had a few weeks ago, that uh, R-rated movies used to be popular. They kind of dipped and came back. Uh, X-Men, I feel, was the first film to kind of kick off the modern era of the PG-13 fun-for-the-whole-family action superhero movie yeah you agree I, I would agree with that and i think they did a they did a you know for the time a pretty good job doing that it came out in the 2000 characters were pretty comic book accurate for, for the time you know, they could have had sure. fun, more fun costume yeah uh, a lot of the casting was really costume. good i mean as we said wolverine is hugh jackman oh, is really wolverine there whoever made that decision uh, yeah. I think that's probably one of the reasons. I mean, he's obviously like Marvel Cinematic Universe's Robert Downey Jr. He's part of the. He's a large part of the reason well, these movies have been successful. Not Marvels. Uh, Foxes, uh, right? Right, 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 right. It's Foxes goes with Foxes Wolverine. version of yes, Robert Downey Jr. Yes, who would be Marvel. Yeah. Marvel. Thank you. Um, although now maybe uh. You know, after his second appearance as Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds will be sort of taking that over as yeah, Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah, really. yeah that's, I'm I sure at a certain level, Hugh Jackman just doesn't want to work out that much anymore. Yeah. That I, has to be a lot of work. What's actually really funny is uh, the X-Men Origins Wolverine was a prequel, but he's clearly much more jacked in that one than in the original X-Men. Yeah. He's actually yep. really not that ripped in the 2000 X-Men, which is, I guess... No, uh, he's not. Uh, Which is, you know, whatever. Well, I was going to say at the time. Nobody was as ripped back right, then. Right, yeah, yeah, because 2000, like, it, it wasn't like it is today with superheroes appearing yeah. uh, in all these movies. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say that the thing that struck me about the original going back was it's remarkably simple. It's a, it's a little story. I mean, yeah. there's the entire cast, but, you know... Um, Magneto has a little plot to basically turn all of the was it senators into mutants? I think uh, it was politicians. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I thought it was New York, right? Yeah, they were in New York. They were on Ellis Island. I don't Which, know what they were doing. Again, classic comic book storyline. Mm -hmm. And you know, adapted, but uh, yeah, not not classic yeah. story. Story that is just a thing that Magneto would do. And they had to stop him. And. It's really kind yeah, of almost quaint if you compare it to the in, in giant world-ending destruction set pieces which we get today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There was a like a, there was which, like a gyroscope and and Magneto was powering it and they kind of released a a, 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 sh a shiny white light and then Rogue kind of busted yeah, it up. Yeah, like the uh, <laughs> like the Men in Black Ultimate 
yeah. memory eraser. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was very much so. Except it turned you into a mutant. <laughs> well, you know. Oh, what a world. Right? But uh, another uh, thing that I really liked about that movie was it introduced Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen as Professor X and Magneto, who I thought were pretty fabulous. Perfect casting. Yeah, exactly. I uh, don't know why the X-Men... Well, no, I do, actually. Never mind. I was going to say, I don't know why the X-Men universe isn't, you know, what Marvel is now. They had such a leg up and all these, yeah. all this great casting. I'll then, tell you why. Well, two movies, we're getting then, Well, Well, <laughs> let's get into it, yeah. <laughs> um... X-Men 1 came out in 2000, and its sequel, X2, came out in 2003, both directed by Brian Singer. And you you mentioned this right before we got on air. You don't remember much about X2. I would actually say, and I still maintain that it's my favorite X-Men movie. Although, now that we've talked about X-Men, the first one, I'm realizing that most of the things that I remember are from X2 and not the original X-Men. Okay, try to... Because I didn't remember any of that. Okay, fun game. Until you started describe, talking about it. Attempt, to the best of your ability, describe the plot of X2. X2? Yeah. God, see, all right, I have to work backwards because I remember the sort of the last scene. Okay, go. Is it vaguely Weapon X-y? Uh, Is Wolverine trying to remember something? Yes. He's all, he's so forgetful. He's he trying should to really wep- keep a He's journal. trying to remember his origin, but he does that pretty much every movie. Uh, yeah, it but, involves uh, like, I remember him going to the dam and seeing the. Yes, the... no, that's right. And um, well, the is big... this the one with Stryker's kid? Yes. No, that's. I thought that was later. No, no, no totally. Okay, then. And this, this is case... this is the one where Professor X uh, could kill the entire world by concentrating enough, and he's tricked by Stryker's Uh-oh. kid to do that. You remember? Yeah. Yeah, vaguely. And this is the one that has the fantastic and one of the only times we see Wolverine be Wolverine yeah. uh, raids on <gasps> the X-Mansion. Yes, which is my favorite sequence of any X-Men movie. That is such a perfect perfect example of, hey, look, the world's not blowing up. The X-Mansion isn't even blowing up. But you can still have real tension and stakes in mm-hmm. these movies. And there, it was incredibly violent. And, and actually, I read or heard somewhere in hindsight that that was pushing the envelope of the PG-13 rating. Um, and, yeah. and I mean, I can see it. Even though it was in shadow, like, it's it's very visceral. It's, it's uh, It kind of yeah. kicks it, you it in the felt, gut. It felt very real. It's one of the best home invasion sequences I would say I've ever seen in any movie, actually. You know what I mean? It it really kind of displays yeah. that sense of the mansion as a sanctuary, and they set it up in that movie so far. And then the uh, uh, silent uh, home invaders basically just sweep in and start abducting all the children. It was scary. Yeah. Um, and then Wolverine yeah, I, I, kills a bunch of them. Oh. <laughs> like, like just he just starts yeah. slashing people's heads. I don't. You you never actually see any decapitation, but he he pretty much just like goes straight for the jugulars and the chest shots. Oh yeah. my gosh, it was great. A lot of a lot of punch stabs. Yes, exactly. And um, the, the rest. <laughs> the, what? Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Can we just? I just came across some news. Okay. We'll we'll come gonna, come back around. Gonna, Remind okay. me. There's there's more silly BBS news. Okay. How about we end the podcast with that? Yeah. All right. But, um, Okay. X two. Well, the um the, the climax occurs at, at Alkali Lake, which has a dam in it, which yes. Stryker has built a copy of Cerebro and blah, blah, Cerebro. And this and it's and, also the uh, Weapon X facility. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, uh, or yes. Or former Weapon something, X. Something like that. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, that's right, because Wolverine has I, a I just had this image in my I don't remember that at all. I remember Wolverine like walking past a concrete wall and being like, "Oh man, these scratch marks are the same size as my claws." That's weird. <laughs> Lady Deathstrike was like uh, uh, another member of the Weapon X program. She was an Asian woman who had adamantium fingernails that extended. Did you remember? Oh yeah, no, I'm familiar with the character. I just didn't remember her in that movie. At right, all. right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um. And another really notable thing that uh, was in that film was the only, the first and last time until the new X-Men movie comes out that we've seen Nightcrawler on the big screen. Oh. He appeared. Yeah. Well, the opening scene actually also is one of my other favorite sequences when Nightcrawler basically, under Stryker's brainwashing attacks or attempts to attack the president in the White House amazing scene oh yeah Remember that yeah now that you now that you say that yeah, yeah i do this is why this is why it's my favorite movie it's really good yeah, I might have to get back to um, you should uh but yeah he's literally not in well, he's not in x3 and he's literally not in any other x-men movie and it's never explained why they didn't uh, they, they didn't put him in days of future past in nope. the first part nope but he's going to actually well, appear as a younger version of himself with a different actor in X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. Well, should we we should wait, right? Let's get through yeah, these. Yeah, we'll then, get there. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Coming right. right after X2 is the reason I said this entire uh franchise did not end up reaching the lofty heights of the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Okay. Let's give a little background. Brian Singer was the director on the first two movies. He was going to do the third one, but actually left in order to direct Superman Returns. Good and choice, look, buddy. Right? What a great career choice. And X3, X-Men United, was taken over by Brett Ratner, who is pretty much regarded as the ruiner of franchises. He's done a few other things in the similar vein. Yeah. Uh, do you actually, off the top of your head, happen to remember any of the other stuff he's worked on? I just pulled it up. Brent Ratner? Yeah. Uh, no, would you like to hit me with some stuff? He directed the Rush Hour film series. Uh, Tower Heist uh, came out. Horrible Bosses. So uh, a lot of kind of movies that are kind of comedic I mean, action movies. Yeah, he's not. He's so far. I'm on board. Okay. None. Well, I mean, that's not really uh, it's not superhero stuff so much. Right. That's what I was thinking. And I mean, I, I I see some of that in X3. I don't think X3 was a good choice for him. I think he's a little too comedic. He he and he's he's not as epic in scope as some of the stuff Brian Singer was trying to set up. Um. Yeah. Which, especially you know. Especially considering one of the most interesting teases at the end of the X2 movie was the fact that Jean Grey sacrificed herself and presumably died at Alkali yeah. Lake, and they were going to bring her back. Well, in the third and then uh, well, Phoenix. strongly hinted, yeah, because uh, in the last scene you see the shadow of yes. the Phoenix under the right. water, right? Right, right. I mean, my point uh, was they had so no yeah. idea how that was going to happen, so it was there was a fairly decent amount of room there to just. Uh, cha change the story. To do it. anything but what they did. Exactly. So, if you remember X Men: The Last yeah. Stand, describe it to me, and maybe let me. Get, I've been talking a lot. Tell me why 
you may or may not have liked it if you remember. <laughs> well, I'll let you guess which of those two it was. <laughs> um, I. This is why we're friends. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was very frustrating because they took the really great comic book um, called the or the comic book run uh, done by uh, the uh, director of the Avengers and current Marvel. What is what is he doing now? It was Joss Whedon. Okay. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Really good Joss Whedon story about, you know, a cure for mutants and the ramifications of that. Um, yes. And they decided to take that story, beat it up a little bit, and then also try and shoehorn the Dark, the Dark Phoenix saga, which is a very long story, mm-hmm. uh, into this one movie so that you could have this huge spectacle and fight and try and, you know, again, it's this jacking up of stakes. Because for some reason, studios think that, oh, man, if you have more stakes, more people will go. Because they want to – they're only excited if the world's about to end. you got to have bigger explosions. Yeah, got to have better, bigger explosions. Explosion. Michael Bay explosion. But – so, yeah, we ended up getting sort of uh, a hodgepodge of these stories, and it was not very good. People didn't like it. <laughs> I did. I didn't like it, and actually, I didn't really fully understand how much I didn't like it at the time, just because we were decently young when it came out. Um, it came out in two thousand six. Yes. Yeah. So I think I was. In, I went and saw it in theaters. I think we were in like eighth grade, something like that. Um, no, but when I went back, and especially if you watch the first two and then I, the third one, I can see how tonally people were so upset. It was such a dramatic departure from what they were going for in the first two. Yeah. Um, I what yeah. else? What else? Well, and especially the X Men in particular are and always have been a a lens to view social problems. Yes, and I know? think the first two movies really focused on that, and the third one yeah. was really the I, well, first time the franchise to come to being a dumb action movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, you know. Just just things that didn't make any sense or unnecessary or just poor scripting. Uh, Magneto has to lift the entire Golden Gate Bridge to Ellis Island, which yeah. one? Which, granted, looked really cool. It would never have s- stood up. There was no support. <laughs> so um, I have but, I have the answer to that. Okay. I can I can justify. That. Was Magneto holding it up if the entire assume... time? Yeah, essentially. Oh. If if he's supporting all aspects of it and holding it in place, uh, basically I would say that it's the, uh, similar to Superman's touch field um, strength, in that like he can pick up a a an ocean liner from the nose and mm-hmm. it doesn't break apart under its own oh, weight because yes. the whole yes. thing is supported by what they're doing. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, touch telekinesis, which is similar, I think. Uh, <laughs> super boy it doesn't it doesn't matter i read i literally uh, just found out about this for the first time this week it's really coincidental but go on the what but about what what you were saying about touch telekinesis oh yeah yeah uh, it's nice to have those little sort of oh it's sort of like this power but it's different in this yeah, way that's, uh, that's cool uh, so, you know something. yeah and it's and it's kind of mumbo jumbo but you know comic book um yeah I would say that getting back to the movie, though, the, the, the plot of The Cure was pretty uh, 
like oil and water with the plot of the Phoenix. Like literally characters that are involved in one yeah. of those others never even interact. Angel is introduced for no reason, doesn't actually interact with any of the characters, except he shows up at the mansion and says, can I have a place to stay? And then Storm yeah. goes... Of course you can, honey. There's nothing wrong with us. And then Hank, who, oh, yeah, uh, Beast was played by um, Frazier. You know, Kelsey him? Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. And Kelsey I Grammer, actually, yeah. I wish we saw more. Oh, that's a great. He was That is an amazing so casting choice for adult Beast. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Nicholas Holt, the new guy. I, I like him. He, yeah, he he's works, all right. You know. He's more of yeah, like, exactly. a, he's more like a cat-like Beast, I feel, they went for where. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer was more of a, I don't know, more of like a bigger gorilla type beast. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, well, and an established intellectual and statesman. Oh, of which course. Which is, you know, a big part of Beast's character. And, and certainly in that universe where you have these people who are seen as freaks who mm-hmm. are trying to integrate into society, you know, not only do they need that mouthpiece, but that character taking on that role of being the advocate it just it makes it so much more real and applicable and you know yes. not he was one of the high points a giant spectacle yeah 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 um but uh i could just see so many other instances in the movie where they clearly set it up because they wanted to have a certain action set piece uh, i mentioned yeah. the bridge uh i just remember wolverine screaming now we're going to hold this line and he and he like oh. That was so freaking awkward. I hated it. Um, The other scene uh, where... Also, why is Wolverine commanding the team? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. He he hasn't showed any interest in being in charge at all up until that point. He does that as a last resort. Yeah. And then immediately surrenders it to other people. (laughs) You're a bunch of idiots. We're all going to die. We need to get something done. But other than that, I don't want to do this. Uh, one of the probably better action sequences I liked, just because it was a smaller sequence, was when Magneto picks up Mystique. Uh, she's she's captured and is being transported in a, like a semi-trailer, and he basically flips the truck and then unlocks her and Juggernaut and the guy that multiplies a bunch of times. And in uh, the multiple ensuing- man, Jamie yes. Madrox. Yes, good one. Uh, in the ensuing, the most, the most powerful mutant in the universe. Yeah, he he seemed well, to be. We we should let, let's wait on that. We'll get back. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. And then basically in the ensuing struggle, Mystique gets hit by one of the cure darts and and reverts to her non mutant yep. form. And uh, I was going to say that by the end of the movie, I felt one of the ballsier things the movie did was change all of the. Uh, mutants into humans and they basically reneged on that entire thing with all the teasers that it wasn't it didn't even matter do you know what i mean wait say this again they changed all the what by the end of the movie they showed that they teased that the cure was going to wear off like magneto was playing chess in oh the park. right right they basically negated the consequences yeah. of the movie, which kind of leaves you with the looking f- at you, Batman v Superman. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, that's exactly right. Yep. Um, the only other thing I will say about the movie is the fact that Patrick Stewart's death was extremely emotional. I thought that was more impactful than the entire climax of the movie. Yeah. 
but Although then, even that, I think, was underplayed for what it could have been. Yes, but then they completely undo it in some extremely strange, convoluted comic book manner by having him yeah, implant himself granted. into a person who was his twin or whatever. They basically wanted to kill him, but didn't. Is that a real thing that happens in that? Don't you remember the end? Does he that... put himself into a twin? No, I don't remember <laughs> that at all. No, that was the end credit sequence. Basically, there's a guy in a coma, and he wakes up. And it's implied that it's now Professor X. And nobody oh, ever okay. explains how it's Patrick Stewart, because Patrick hey, Stewart... Hey, you know how you were worried we changed things? Here's the status quo again. Yep, exactly. That's the moral of the story. But... This is a good point. This is the kind of the point where the continuity basically starts getting a little hairy. After X-Men The Last Stand in 2006, we didn't... Actually, yeah, we didn't get to see uh, the original cast return, at least all of them, or certain ones. I mean, until uh, 2014, uh, with X-Men Days of Futures Past, which was... Ooh... 2006, eight years later. Days of Future Past was 2014, yeah. Yeah, so it was eight years later, and uh, they don't explain why some of the characters that were literally killed came back. Just don't worry about it. Um, but before we get there... Wait, what are you talking about? Patrick Stewart as... Oh, Professor sorry, yeah. X. He was in X-Men Days of Future Past. I, I can... Ex- oh, wait. Before the time jump? Yes. Well, in the, in the bad future? Because... He- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I guess isn't uh, it's it's implied that that's yeah. the future of the original trilogy, right? Uh I think because it's the actors, that's the main assumption, but I don't know if they have anything that directly ties it and definitively says that that's in the same timeline. Cuz again, you're right. Even though, you know, this could be a timeline where Professor X just didn't die in that, you know, specific instance. Maybe. So why are they fighting? Uh, it doesn't matter. I it mean, really it's doesn't. Basically, yeah. They already reset it, so... They've... It's it's so messed up. But uh, the next film after the 2006 was X-Men Origins Wolverine in 2009, which is pretty much universally regarded as one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> now... And I here is where I need to destroy any comic book bona fides that i may have accrued okay please i remember liking it <laughs> what's wrong with you i liked it when it came out i know you, because i really loved those them? characters and i was just so happy to Which see them all was wolverine Sabretooth, striker like they've been in all the other movies i mean yeah did you like uh, deadpool, dare i, I liked wade wilson's deadpool oh. in or i liked uh ryan reynolds deadpool in the beginning okay, okay before okay. he got deadpoolized okay because, I mean, honestly, if you look at that, like, you know, the elevator scene and then that opening fight scene with uh, Wade Wilson, as they call him. In the oh, yeah, movie, yeah, I remember. He, he like not noticed. Like, you could put that scene in Deadpool as a, you know, look at him in action yeah. before he gets Deadpool eyes. Yeah. And it would totally fit. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Uh, it's just a but really, then they, you know, really bad movie. And it's not just the fact that it's bad, but... Yeah. Well, it is, but they... No, no, you're right. It, it is all those things. They retread ground that had been covered in X-Men 2 with Wolverine's origin, but just worse. Uh, they start messing yeah. with the timeline by 
introducing events that don't line up with Wolverine's origins in the previous films. Uh, they spend like half the movie in, in Canada being a lumberjack and talking about Keiko Watsu with his girlfriend or something. Um, I, yeah, and then at the end they fight the uh, the Deadpool Frankenstein monster on top of a nuclear reactor cooling tower and completely destroy it. And yeah, and then we as res- much as I wish it weren't the case, those are all things that happened in that movie. And then we rescue all the mutants. I'm not done. And we rescue all the mutants, and we see a really badly CGI de-ageified version of Patrick Stewart ready to take all of the rescue children at the end. Do you remember that? Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, 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 I have to mention also the fact that I'm pretty sure this set Wolverine special effect clause back 20 years. Oh, absolutely. It turned into Rock to um, Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Now, that being said, I'm I'm curious, did, how did you feel about the characterizations in that movie? Like um, Gambit, I thought they did kind of well. Oh, I, I didn't have a lot of problems Gambit. with that Gambit. Mm-hmm. He gets mm-hmm. tossed aside at the end, stupidly, but I still feel he wasn't as cool as the original comic and cartoon Gambit. I don't know. He's playing cards. Yeah, maybe just the actor wasn't a big fan of. How about the fact that, um, what's his name, from the Black Eyed Peas is in it? So, yeah, Will I Am? Yes, yes. How did that happen? As Flink? Yes. Honestly, he wasn't in it that much. For me to be offended okay like, i don't like the black ips but it was one of those things where it's like all right whatever no to be fair he was fine i just think i was really more upset that at that point and and i i know this yeah. is a thing in the comic but i shouldn't i shouldn't be upset but i was i didn't like the fact that they were starting to repeat mutant powers so he was the teleporter but nightclaw was the teleporter i don't know that just bothered me for some reason. yeah i guess but huh. at, at least in a cinematic universe where each character's powers are presented as pretty unique Yes. Whereas, you know, if if you actually went into an X-Men comic, you know, they're talking about, oh, well, which speedster do you want to bring? You know, there's nine <laughs> of them. Yeah. You know, four of them are related. One's a clone. Yeah. Right. But especially, and this kind of goes back to your sentiments about Civil War, uh, when you have such a rich character roster to draw on from the comic yeah. source material, why would you repeat characters? Even if yeah. they're not the same character, yeah. why wouldn't you get more of a variety? Well, and to that point... I think that having, you know, I, I think it'll be especially relevant with the big villains of, you know, Darkseid and uh, Thanos. Yes. But why are these companies not rushing to get as many characters on screen as possible just so that the ne- when inevitably the DC or Marvel, you know, the alternate side of the coin version of that same character comes up because there are counterpoints for every single one, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be seen as a copy or a ripoff. Yes. Just uh, like it was originally in the comics, but now it's, you know, with film, and so we're, we sort of have a, another chance to reintroduce all these characters and relationships. Yeah, and, and I don't know if maybe rushing to cram in is the right word, because I don't think that was going to do well, any favor. <laughs> if they can do it well, that's all uh, I'm saying. Yeah. If they, you let, don't me, wanna... let me say this. They should be more adventurous in who they're willing to give a movie to. You know, we've had two X-Men or uh, two Wolverine movies specifically. And he's an amazing character. Yes. But we also have, you know, two Thor movies, which 
I don't think anyone and a third on the way, but I don't think people were really clamoring for that. <laughs> no, no, not really. You know, which they, they could have gone good. Yeah. Oh no, I I actually I'm a fan of them, but they could have done one Thor movie and then a, you know, I don't know, uh, let's say a Black Widow movie or yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm tr- now blanking on Marvel characters. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know who who would be a good Marvel. Actually, easy question. Yeah, who would be a, a good Marvel character that you'd want to see get their own solo movie that hasn't been in a movie already? Yes. Ooh. Well, well, they, hmm. that hasn't had their own solo movie, which I right, guess is right. Like, just like Black, Black Widow, Widow, obviously a good one. Um, I would be interested in Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. I want to see a Hawk. Uh, I know it's the worst thing to say, but what? I would love to see a Hawkeye origin story. Yeah. Of him sure. at the circus. Sure. You know? Yeah. And make it tonally different. You know? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's probably one of the things that Marvel is is least willing to do at this point is mess with their tone. They they I think they tried really hard to get a tone that was pretty consistent, even if the individual yeah. films were a little different. Uh well, I think I, a lot of that's establishing expectations. You know, people, if you go to see a Marvel movie now, right. you, you there pretty is much that know knowledge you're getting. you know what you get to an yeah. extent. Yeah. And that's what's one of the reasons I think that, it, that it's made them successful. Uh, yeah, it's back to X-Men. After, <laughs> let's, let's not put any time or more energy into Wolverine because it's god-awful. That's fair. Do you remember the next movie? The next movie, what chronologically? In in order of release, that, that came out. Yes. After, uh, after Wolverine yes. or X Men Origins, Wolverine. Yes. That's first class, 2011. That is correct. That is correct. Directed by Matthew Vaughn, who I'm a big fan of. From, uh, did he do Kick Ass? Kick Ass? Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, so. and Kingsman. I love Kingsman. Very good movie. They're actually they released a yeah. teaser for the second one. Did you see that? Uh, that I haven't. It uh, it's just like a po- it's it just also- a poster, and oh, basically right. it was reports of my deaths have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, oh that, right, yeah, I did see that. Which which people are freaking out because they're like maybe, um, what's his face? Uh, Colin Firth. Yes, yes, maybe Colin Firth will be back. We'll see. Yeah, which I would really like. He was great in that movie. I don't know how he got out of it though. He kind of got shot in the head, but we'll see. You can, you can survive getting shot. In the sure, head if, sure. Depending on where, where in the head you get shot. Yeah. Also, right. From a, this was relevant to the Wolverine. Okay. Uh, or uh, I'm sorry, not the, yeah, X Men Origins Wolverine, not the Wolverine. We'll get to that. But point of interest. Okay. Think about where your bones are in your body. Yes. It is possible to shoot and kill someone. And not go through their bone. <laughs> like, they made such a big uh, deal out of the adamantium bullets as the only way to kill Wolverine, mm-hmm. which didn't kill Wolverine. They just scrambled his memories. For some reason. Which, you know, conven- convenient. Yeah. It's, it's... Well, yeah, yeah. Why would the brain knit itself back together in such a way that it could still function but didn't retain those memories? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, that just always bugs me. Like, you know, shoot him in the mouth <laughs> or in the eye. <laughs> If it's really that big an issue, like, capture him and then do that. <laughs> like, if you had just a helicopter circle Wolverine with a minigun, Wolverine's dead. That's the end of Wolverine. Are you sure? Whatever. What do you... I'm, 
I'm positive. That's physics. <laughs> I think it depends on who's writing the Wolverine comic, but Wolverine's been oh, through quite a that's lot. That's definitely true. Wolverine has been I mean, there quite are certainly lot. comics where he has been blown up and his, you know, just the skeleton has flown up into the air and by the time he gets back to the ground, he's whole again. <laughs> Which one is that? Do you know? Uh, specifically, no. I've just seen the panels. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's let's find that out later. I really want to see that. Um, All right. Okay. So but yeah, uh, first class. next one would have been uh, first class. Love I thought it. it was really good. Great new, great new direction and a lot of energy. You know, the characters were really, you know, you cared about them and sort of, you mm-hmm. know, it was unassuming how the characters grew on you. Oh, I, I don't know. It, it just felt more genuine. You know what I mean? I would. I more genuine than the original movies. I, yeah, and yeah, I think maybe it was okay. just that they were younger, uh, but they felt a little more relatable. Yes. You know, I I, I've never been so mad at someone because I want to date their girlfriend that I, I steal their motorcycle. Like, that's not a thing I've ever done. Okay. So it was hard for me to relate to that uh, in, in other X-Men movies. <laughs> that's very specific, but we'll move on. Um, yeah. okay. You don't remember that? No. Oh, it was, I don't know. I think it was in the first or second X-Men movie. Wolverine steals Cyclops' motorcycle because he's all like, well, Jean Grey likes you, you big jerk. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so Uh, yeah, first class. I really liked the actors. Oh, excuse me. Oh. I liked uh, James McAvoy as Professor X, and I liked, what's his name? Oh, gosh. How do I not know this? What were you talking about? The Magneto. new uh, Magneto? Yeah. Michael Fassbender. Uh, That's yeah. It. No, both of them were really good. And um, going back to what you said, I don't even know if it's necessarily fair to compare the two uh, casts uh, and the characters because I think they're different enough just because of their... Sorry, because of their age. Uh, and you get to see the fact that these characters are growing and, and, and developing into the characters which appear later. Yeah. Which um, was a big part of the, you know, the original comic was. Yeah, for sure. They, uh, you didn't I like jump into an established team. These were people who were very much learning and figuring things out. I, I, I really enjoyed the period. Actually, the fact that it was set in the '60s, it was that was kind of interesting. I thought it put a little bit of a different spin yeah. on it. Yeah. And um, I liked the mansion. I thought the mansion scenes were really good. Uh, yeah. That's because that's really good character stuff, you know. In, uh, introducing. Absolutely. Introducing the training of all the students, but also showing how Professor X becomes the mentor to his students, and also at the same time, yeah. uh, his relationship with Eric, with Magneto. Oh, I was just going to say, especially training Magneto yeah. and, you know, the using his uh, telepathy as a part of, you know, training these people and mm-hmm. getting inside of Because it's always been something that confused me, you know, why is this telepath? training people who grow spikes out of their hands or mm. yeah, I don't know any of the other weird mutant powers that are in no way related to the mind. Yeah. And, and that honestly, that was a good answer to that. Well, could you, could you explain? Well, that? I guess in my mind, it was just that this is a guy who, because he can read minds has an incredible empathy and sympathy for these, you know, characters who feel like their ah, bodies okay. are out of control. Very good. And so it was through that, that he was able to, you know, I like, like it. Colossus be more medley. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. I like that a lot. Wait, that's actually something we should talk about what? real quick. What? Why is Colossus in the X Men 
he's like no. What does he need to learn from Magni or from yeah, Professor seems, Xavier? He seems he just he just pretty, has his power and is fine. good at it. And... He's, he's pretty well figured himself out. Oh. I don't know. So I what's he doing? Oh, there? No, wasn't. Are you sure he wasn't like a teacher? I thought he might have been like a like a uh, staff. He came over from Russia after an incident on the farm, I believe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyways. Um. So yeah, I, I definitely big changes. I think tonally as well in X Men mm-hmm. First Class. And what do you think for of me? Kevin Bacon hit the mark as the villain. I liked him. It was a little distracting that it was Kevin Bacon. It was, but I like Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, I, oh, it was only on rewatching it recently that, uh, I like understood that it was the Hellfire Club, that it was that Hellfire Club. Do you know what I mean? No. For some reason, it never made the connection in my head. I was like, oh, these are weird dudes and they're trying to, my, the first time viewing it, I don't know why, but I just, the Hellfire Club. I didn't have an appreciation for the history and background of the Hellfire Club in before watching it. Correct. Oh. I hadn't encountered them in the comics. Okay, well, I, so I haven't. So I read thought any. that. Okay, but you, well, I honestly I thought it was something they had just made up for the movie. Oh, okay. So tell me, for the yeah. sake of my background and the listeners, what is the Hellfire sure. Club in the comics? Is it? So it's a big deal. In the comics. Yeah. Uh. Oh God! Now I don't remember who founded it, but it was some. It was like I think it was um, what's his name? Uh, Tony Stark's like great grandfather or something. Okay. Depending on which version, but okay. they are um a team or a a group of high powered and uh not just with mutant powers, but you know they have lots of money and influence. Not all of them are mutants, um, and it's sort of an evil Illuminati group, mm. um. And basically their goal is just their own personal, you know, amassing of wealth and eventually taking over the world. So are they kind of like a third faction? Because you got the X-Men, you got the Brotherhood of Magnetos. Mutants, yeah. Yes. Or Brotherhood of Evil Mutants yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Hellfire Club, like, how does Magneto have any association with the club in the comics? Uh, no. Okay. So I, mean, I mean, I'm sure at some point people have, or, you know, well, yeah, you know yeah, how but, it is in comics. But it's Everybody's on every faction. team at some time. It's a distinct faction. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, and I, uh, the big person that, uh, that comes out of it is Emma Frost. Right. Who, you know, at some points is teacher of the X-Men. Sometimes who she has her own school. was played by January Jones in first class of Mad Men fame. Yeah. Have you seen Mad Men? No, uh, some of it. Jake but, and I were Yeah, and it was not not really the best characterization, I don't no, think. No, she literally um, looked like but, she had no idea what movie she was in. Yeah. But she was she hot. Be, you know, not everybody's a comic she was, fan. She was hot. That was, yeah. that was the point that she... Although, and not even, I don't think, in her usual Hellfire Club attire, which is like underwear and a corset and a cape. Really? Okay. Yeah, it seems like pictures. If you only get to pick out three things, that seems like weird choices, but... You know, yeah, comic books. Oh man, just looking through the list. Apparently, uh, I'm looking at uh, members who have been X Men: Storm, Magneto, uh, Phoenix, and Sunspot. Sunspot sort of does his own thing, and Emma Frost, obviously. Uh huh. Um, and Sebastian Shaw. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Ah, oh, dude, dude, oh, I liked Kevin Bacon. He was really good. 
Have you ever seen so, Footloose? Very good. Uh, no, I haven't. I, I like I like musicals. They're a good time. <laughs> Is it technically a musical? I don't know. I think so. They, so they, I just I just had this distinction uh, made to me. I don't know. Uh, it's in a, it's in a musical. A musical. If the uh, characters are aware of the music and it moves the plot forward. Really. So there are certain things like Blues Brothers is technically not a musical. Okay. Because it doesn't have anything to do with the plot, and they're or uh, they're unaware of the music. I think because in Blues Brothers, obviously, it's non non diegetic. I believe is the term. What is that? Describe music. So, if music is, uh, I'm going to say non-diegetic when I mean the other one. But basically, it's whether or not the audio is coming from within the movie or it's an overlaid track. Okay. So, like, if your character's carrying a boombox that's playing the music, mm-hmm. that would be diegetic no. sound. Um, yeah. So, diegetic means that the source is visible or, you know, in the movie. Okay. But if Batman's on top of a tower and the music swells, that's non-diegetic. Right, sound. right, right. Okay. okay. So anyway, I learned something new today. Oh man, the Batman musical. <laughs> we can only wait. <laughs> that's good. It's it'll it'll be great. It'll be gothic. It'll be like cats. It's gonna be good. Uh, After X Men. So first yeah, any class. any final thoughts for first uh, class? Nah, I, I think it set up the the relationship between mutants and humans really well it did no yeah with uh, the cuban missile crisis i think made an interesting historical uh, connection there yeah also michael ironside was in it as a navy person he's he's as michael ironsides in everything yes 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 (laughs) now (laughs) the next one on our list Mm. do you Two years later. Have any opinions? Did you did you see the Wolverine? I I did, but not in theaters. I saw it after the fact. Yeah. And uh, one, I just kind of like to poke fun at the fact that the Wolverine is clearly a distinct entity from X Men Origins: Colon Wolverine. Um, it's almost yeah. like they were running out of names at that point. They literally couldn't come up with anything better. But next up, hey look, it's Wolverine. <laughs> what? Exclamation point. Yes. I'm sure the next. Yeah, I think um, maybe Wolverine without the the, or yeah, like too too fast. Here's Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be Old Man Logan, which is the the strong rumor currently. Yeah. Do you think they'll? Although even, that's they won't. They wouldn't sorry. title it Old Man Logan, though. I don't think they would. I think they well, would. Well, no, call and it I think even if they do, we know that it's not going to be the Old Man Logan story. Right, because, because, can't, because old, you know, Marvel yeah. and Avengers. Yes. For uh, those of you who don't know, uh, the rights. The original, the original storyline uh, is essentially a buddy road trip with Wolverine and Hawkeye in the end of the world. Yes. Uh, which, because Marvel owns Hawkeye, or the you know, cinematic rights to Hawkeye and Fox have the X-Men, it's never going to happen. Or at least, not right now. Exactly. Um... No, but overall, I really liked the Wolverine. I thought that it was really interesting to send him to Japan. That was a really interesting change of pace. Yeah. I um, Especially like, for that character, I mean. 
that's like a the, huge part of oh, yeah. what that is. Yes, yes. I like the fact that he was I like the fact that it was not X Men Origins Wolverine. That was a pretty distinct positive. <laughs> that's a great way to start a movie. <laughs> um no, yeah. I like the fact that it was a self contained story. And, and in in a in a world where so many of these movies are focused on setting up other movies, a movie that can just kind of be itself and, yeah. and it be be on its own, I think does a lot better. And I think that's the best way to have from a franchise perspective, to have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Is you can have these big ensemble movies, but then there's nothing that says that, you know, Nightcrawler and Colossus can't go off and have a wacky adventure together. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if that's just, you know, somebody kidnapped someone else or, you know, a relatively small scale conflict yes. that y- you can still have real relatable stakes in that people are invested in and enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a city or the world or the universe ending every single film. Yeah. It gets yeah, tired. For sure. Um, I liked. No, no, no. Uh, I didn't like the fact that it, I thought it went on a little long, especially the the chase sequences towards the end. Uh, what did you think? Sorry, I was way late. Uh, it's okay. Say did that you, again. Did you the chase? I, I thought. I thought that the like the, where he's being, yeah, followed by ninjas. And... Yes, I thought that kind of went on a, a good bit. Yeah, interesting visually, and it was sort of nice seeing, okay, so how many ninjas can Wolverine fight? Because that is a number I want to have on record. Um, it's and, a lot. And, 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 of course, the final boss being the giant yeah. metal samurai ninja. Mecha, mecha samurai. Yeah. Uh, not Which as big I know, a fan of that. I know for the listeners out there, samurais and ninjas are not the same thing at all. But uh, Yes, and if you like ninjas, you're a fool. And I will fight you on the internet. Why? Because samurais are way cooler. No, just because ninjas are thieving peasants who snuck up on people and they're not actually cool historically. Yeah, yeah but samurais are cool. People who like ninjas are thinking of uh, kabuki theater yeah, players, yeah, yes. not warriors. <laughs> right. Anyways. Fights a giant mecha samurai, adamantium. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't, Which, I don't really have much else and, to say. Can I can I jump into comics for a of second course. here? Because there's a direct parallel, okay. which is relevant. Um, you know, it's one of the very few uh, Wolverine stories that I remember reading as a kid, and uh, very similar. I'm sure a lot of things are pulled from it. This is probably a famous storyline, but he's go- he goes to Japan, falls in love with Mariko, and um, you know, the dad is obviously disapproving, but the the final confrontation is instead of big mecha suits. He just says, look, Wolverine, uh, don't use your claws because this is about honor. If you want to be with Mariko, Ooh. then you're going to fight like a man, like a samurai would with honor. And it's just those two with swords. Mm-hmm. And like that, granted, it's a different way to go. It's not as big of a spectacle, maybe. But there is so much more weight to that confrontation. Yeah, it's uh, still you know, pretty intense. Yes, Wolverine could just rip this guy in half. But, but he doesn't because he's choosing to do those things. Yeah, exactly. And, and hmm. it's so much more interesting when the characters make interesting choices, especially not to specifically not to use their powers. Mm-hmm. That are those are the more interesting stories to me because yeah, they have all this power and they could be doing these incredible things, but they're dialing it back a little. Mm-hmm. 
So overall, what did you think of the Wolverine as the movie? I liked it because Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, and it's always nice seeing him on screen. And he was and really sort of takes a back he was seat. the most jacked he's <laughs> ever else? been for that movie. I think. Yeah. He was insane. Yeah. Um, and and I've seen interviews where he said he was like very dehydrated because if you don't drink water, it you can you get that yeah. nice muscle separation, and and it shows. Yeah. He looks like he's really dehydrated. <laughs> As he as he says, he wanted to be an animal. He yeah. wanted to look animalistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what a crazy man! I, it really takes a lot to be that jacked. As as you know, I've been working on quite a bit. What? But yeah, and not to and, be that huge jacked man. Yeah, ha, 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 uh, yeah. And Riding right past that, like years. I mean, also, incredibly talented oh. singer. And, oh yes, you know, yes. Yeah, uh, but it takes years right. too, and, and, and he just kept getting oh, more, yeah. more jacked. Anyway, so we, Days of Future Past. Are we up to most recent X Men? Okay, yeah. I think the Days of Future Past might be my favorite X Men movie since the X Men Two, and my favorite of the new movies. Yeah, it. But know, but I loved how, yeah I loved what it did with the timeline. I like how it set things up. It is another one of those cases where it doesn't matter how good it is. I can't fully appreciate it because it isn't a movie about Days of Future Past. It mm. isn't that story. And I so read it. it's like handing me, you know, a chocolate bar and you open it up and it's full of, I don't know, stock certificates. <laughs> yes, that's also good. So I'm fantastic. happy about that. I enjoy that, oh, but it's not what I wanted because I got a chocolate bar <laughs> and I had certain expectations. <laughs> you know, I was hungry. Oh gosh, not invested in my future. Uh, yes, yes. Um, or maybe a better but analogy would be: it like was a you, very good movie. <laughs> even if you had one chocolate bar in the wrapper of another chocolate bar, similar yep. things. But when it's just not when you what you expected, it throws it's you off. Still misleading. Yes. Um. So, well, what did you think of the comic itself first? Was it a good comic? Uh, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. It's all about, uh, well, it. I think it suffered because, again, they wanted to highlight Wolverine over other characters who were more instrumental in the comic book version of the story, um, you know, because they have recognition and that's, and Hugh Jackman's a big draw. I thought I they get did that. a decent enough but, job of explaining, though, why it would work because Wolverine would have been around. Oh yeah, I guess. But I don't know. For me, they missed an opportunity to, again, highlight some of the more background characters and, you know, discover the next Hugh Jackman. He's not going to want to do these forever. Well, yes, very true. I think, well, I will say that it did it. It kind of subverted my expectations as well. Uh, not I don't know. I expected it to be a little bit more science fictiony, if that makes any sense. Uh, just because of the alternate reality oh, yeah, time definitely. travel, and we barely got to see the alternate reality. They did not explain really why we saw Patrick Stewart and some of the other cast members, even though it had been such a long period of time since X Men. Yeah, 3. although honestly, because we know that they, you know, obviously reshuffled the uh, the timelines. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with assuming. Yeah, it's sort of weird that he's there, even though we thought he died before. But somewhere in the intervening twenty years, whatever. Or whatever yeah, he's <laughs> he's been reborn Just or cloned whatever. or any of the million things wished back into existence. Yes. Um, 
but now I guess just the plot itself and oh something that did bother me a little bit was the Jennifer Lawrence slash Mystique focus um she was fine in first class yeah. uh, but clearly she became much more popular because of the Hunger Games Jennifer Lawrence since first class came out and they felt the need to feature her much more heavily in this one and it also looks like it'll be the same in the upcoming one uh but now I just I didn't like it in terms of the overall plot of the movie and I mean Jennifer Lawrence is fine but I I I just no, did, yeah, I, I, I don't I, like her as Mystique as much as the original of... Mystique and I just don't think that her acting is on par with the actors that she's surrounded by Peter Dinklage, Michael Fassbender, all those guys. You know what I mean? I agree and I don't think that Mystique is a big enough I mean she isn't a big enough character in the comics to justify all of the mystique stuff like they made the like, entire plot about of it sentinels just the, yeah. with her adapter ability and that yeah. just bothered me yeah uh not comic book accurate by the way really um, I, I figured it even, would I, I, no i almost yeah, i could tell I, it wasn't comic book accurate because it felt forced and i think that partial part of it is just having that sex appeal of having jennifer lawrence in body paint because <laughs> mystique in the comics wears clothes Really? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's granted, right. Yeah, there was the white. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, she has a belt of skulls, but which is weird, it's but cute. it's a fashion choice. Yeah. Still clothes. <laughs> Whatever. There's. Oh man. There's a few different uh, issues going on there. I guess. I guess we'll yeah, trade certainly. gender bias for glorifying death and murder. Okay. <laughs> In Deadpool? No, no, no. I was talking about wearing a. Okay thing of skulls but oh yeah um, yeah no i, I it, it's 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 fine i like again i like the period i like the historic stuff i like i liked peter dinklage's trask i i didn't like all of Definitely. the sentinel special effects i thought they seemed a little cartoony that, that would be one where i would need to go back and rewatch. okay i've, I've seen now it that i have times. more well so tell me about boulevard trask he what, is... how why is he motivated to do what he's doing? That's a great question. I don't think there is a good motivation. See, that sucks. Because I, I feel like in the real world, if we had mutants, us as humanity, yeah. like, I would definitely be on the exterminate mutants front. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but they are a, they are a competing uh, variation species, of our yeah. species. Yes. The last time we had two human, you know, uh, hominid species interacting with each other, it was Neanderthals and Cro-Magnon, and one of them didn't make it out of that scrape. Wow, this guy really... evolutionarily, that's what happens. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, <laughs> I've listened uh, to a lot of podcasts where, on the subject, where... so I've, I have some opinions. <laughs> that's fine, but believe me. That's... But keep you know, going. If these people, if some people are born with astronomically greater potential to do harm, yes. than others. You do have to, you know, address that fact. You know, if if certain people, uh, there's not really a, obviously a real world parallel, and I I don't want to make any mental health and uh, spree shooting connections. Oh, that's a slippery but, slope. Right, but uh, the point is, you have certain individuals that have the potential to do way more harm than any human being alive. Yes, and evolutionarily, they're better than us we will be bred out if not made extinct yeah, by that's, that's the more evolved life. Actually, a question, I don't put it, but I don't know from the comics when when mutants have offspring, are they also mutants? Uh, yes. Okay. 
I mean, I don't know of any examples of, I guess you'd call them mutant squibs. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter. Parents and, and no mutation. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they are, they are the new highest form of evolution. Yes. How did, um, how did we get on this topic? Which, which is a, uh, talking about Bolivar Trash. Yeah, yeah. Because in the yeah. comics and stuff, it, and a lot of the animated things, he's just a guy who's really worried about these super powerful yeah, Oops. no, that's that that's that's what he and is. That's in the a movie. that's a valid humanizing concern. Okay, uh, and I think one which is you know that's something that they should explore in those movies as opposed to well I hate mutants because I hate mutants or whatever his yes. reasoning was in Days of Future Past, which I don't remember. <sighs> it's never they just never spend that much time on it one way or the yeah. other. They just he kind of shows up, has plans for Sentinels, and the plot just kind of takes off. Yeah. Uh, I, that character should be more than hey look at these cool robot designs I yeah, have yeah. it'd be great for murder right yeah yeah. Uh, Nixon appears in it that's a thing that happens yes it is also Magneto drops did a I misinterpret that or was he in his like fifth term am I thinking uh, of something else uh, I don't oh that's I'm sorry no I'm thinking of um the, uh, Dark Knight Returns yeah yeah. Where Ronald Nixon Reagan. is in his fifth term. Yeah. Or, is, it, or, uh, is it? Oh, you're right. It Reagan. is Reagan. Yeah, it's Reagan. No, it's. Hold on. It it is not relevant, but that's that's too late. We're gonna find out. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, I, what's your feeling on X Men on the X Men movie? Well, and I thought that forward? Days of Future Past did a good send off to the original cast. Uh, even though yep. that maybe they didn't necessarily need a really good send-off. I think the reason they did that was because Brian Singer, he directed X-Men Days of Futures Past, and this is his first return to the X-Men franchise since 1 and 2. So it was nice that he got to wrap up a few of the little plot lines that he had been talking about for many years, and at the same time set up the new cast to fully take over really well, because you know, at, at that point it wasn't really established what would happen with the timeline, but this established the fact that the timeline, the original timeline, is now completely erased, and it's given over to this new young cast, basically a soft reboot. Um, yeah. Yeah, That's this is the best. This is how you do soft reboots, people. <laughs> time travel. Don't, not, not a... Well, yeah, I mean, if Star you Trek have a reason it. for things being different... Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's also a good soft reboot. Even though Star Trek Into Mostly Darkness I'm just... is not that good. Yeah. But we won't go there. Um, yep. I Skipping by. think that it'll be interesting to see how the cast expands into the classic uh, X-Men characters, which brings us to the upcoming film X-Men Apocalypse coming out this summer. Uh, I've seen the trailer. Have you seen the trailer? I have. And what you, most of the subsequent uh, I'm excited material. by the fact that it's a different villain, and I don't know that much about Apocalypse, but I like Oscar Isaac, so he's a great actor in whatever he does. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting yeah, villain. Yeah, I think he looks a little Ivan Uzi. He does, he does, but yeah, which is, is that know, a bad thing? Okay. <sighs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I think it, just, it is, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have no it's problem. It's definitely different enough from the comic that it's not. You know, he's a giant. The look man. is different. Yes. No, it'll just be interesting. Well, no, that's the a... comic. Right, right. That's what, that's that's what, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. 
I guess in the um, movie he's more purpley, indigo-y, and smaller. Correct. Um, It'll be interesting what, to see. Uh, I don't quite definitely know how I feel about... I think about... a lot of the new cast is really good. Ooh, yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, sure. Who in particular are you looking forward to seeing? Well, why don't you talk about who you are looking forward to seeing so that I can make sure I get the names right? Ooh, that's what I was going to do while you were talking. Oh, man. But, okay. <laughs> All right. So oh. I, I really like the new Sophie Jean Turner. Uh, she's from Game of Thrones. She's yes. going to be the new Jean Grey. That was probably the thing that stood out to me the most. I don't know if she'll be able to hold up an American and accent for the entire movie. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's always a sort of crapshoot. You're going to get weird uh, accents. I mean, Hugh Jackman did it. Granted, yeah, he's Hugh Jackman. But he's Hugh Jackman. You can't. That's true. What can't he do? No, nothing. Um, he can sing. He can dance. What a man. <sighs> Jubilee. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I feel like Jubilee is no one's favorite character. But yeah, that's a, that's a really fair assessment. Yeah. You know, whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, Nightcrawler's going to be in this one, right? Yes, I mentioned that earlier. Um, oh. It'll be a different, younger Nightcrawler. Uh, I don't think he'll have all those tattoos, but that's fine. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, what it, what he doesn't it, need them. No, 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 not at all. We'll see what we'll see what he does, but I'm looking forward to him. Uh, I'm right now looking at a uh, a side by side of uh, the people's play, uh, the people playing um, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Storm. Yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler Storm, I know nothing Jubilee. about. Alexandra Ship, I never heard of her. I, I just mean looking at the side by sides. Oh, okay. They all look super comic accurate. That's and good. That's great. More so than probably originally. Uh, yeah. And I think that reflects how comic book movies have changed even in the past 10 years. And they've gotten more and more faithful to the source material and unapologetic about being comic book adaptations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think studios, especially, and we have Deadpool to thank for it, studios yes. are realizing that you don't need to change it necessarily. Right. Always. Right. The, the material, if it's fine, just leave it. Um, Ooh. Uh, as I'm doing my research, it does look like he have, has that those tattoos, the Nightcrawler tattoos. Okay, that's whatever. I don't uh, really care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see how his force, or Apocalypse's Four Horsemen factor into the plot. I'm not really sure how Magneto will, will play into that. Um, interesting to see uh, Olivia Munn as Psylocke. That'll be cool. Yeah. I yeah. I was very skeptical of her. I really don't like Olivia Munn that much. I think she's just kind of really snarky. Uh, but I thought she looked really good in the trailer, so we'll see. She did look really good, and I watched some behind-the-scenes stuff where mm-hmm. she was doing the combat training for the... Yeah. Anytime I see an actor taking training for a movie seriously, that's promising to me. And, and she was. That's good. Yes. Um, and, you know... And you know, I think I know why I don't like her As opposed to people sort of... You know, uh, it's very clear to me when people are doing, okay, I know that this this shot is going to last three seconds. And so I only need to do this motion for four seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that comes across when actors can't. I remember like, why I didn't like her. I just movies. think I still have a bad taste in my mouth because she was on Attack of the Show on G4. And I just, yeah. I hated those shows. I Maybe X-Play I really liked, but just the shows that clearly appealed to the demographic of the teen gamer that just sexualized yeah. everything and made everything 
you know the, what I mean? Yeah, it but in that weird network TV way. Yeah, like, yeah, and, what and he, it was like, who was this for? It was like, yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I don't know who would watch it, and apparently not enough people because they canceled G four. Um, and it was like just so many levels of weirdly ironic. I, I just, I didn't like it. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, I, I guess yeah, this I mean, is, overall, I'm really excited. This kind of brings us to the end especially of our, especially if they Odyssey. take the time. Oh well, let's. No, no, let's I was, I was going, I, I was going to let never you mind. finish. <laughs> I, no, I was going to let you finish by saying how. What are our thoughts on the X Men franchise moving oh. forward? That's all. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm really excited for it. I think that they're they see after Deadpool the the real possibilities to make and expand their brand. You mm-hmm. know, get more characters, get more stories. Let's let's. No, build I'm, this I'm, I'm glad you brought up Deadpool. I wanted to mention that because Deadpool isn't really a straight up X Men movie, right? We don't we don't consider that an X Men movie, do we? I guess not. Kind of. I mean, it's it's a cousin, I guess, but I mean, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it had X Men in it. I I certainly think that the Deadpool future films, which we know there will be many, uh, and yep. X Men will become more tied together, and I th- I'm looking forward to that. I think because. It'll allow the X-Men movies to uh, uh, change in tone, uh, like you said, adapt, maybe make a side story that's not nearly as uh, big budget and um, yeah. sweeping, because that's what Deadpool, the first one, was all about. Maybe a, maybe a time-jumping story with Cable <laughs> and Deadpool. <laughs> maybe some Wolverine in an actual yellow costume. That would be pretty interesting. I was talking with some friends, and they said that, that w- they were asking if we were ever going to see that costume on screen. Yeah. That was the only answer I had was maybe in a Deadpool crossover. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I would agree. So yeah, yeah, I, no, I, 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 I'm optimistic. I think it's interesting that the X Men series has really kind of crossed over two generations of superhero movies. I think we have the uh, post Iron Man MCU shared universe model, yeah, and we have the pre. Uh, early 2000s uh, trilogy Spider-Man uh, 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 standalone model, and even, even that though, yeah, I would argue that's mostly just faffing about. I don't think that those the long trilogies were well, the exception maybe of the X-Men one that then didn't come to fruition. I think mostly they weren't planned as big overarching stories that were going to sure, develop the characters. Sure, I agree. I, I think definitely before Iron Man, it was one-shot movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even as part of trilogies, they were. Yeah, yeah. Not um, so much over No, but it's 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 really crazy when you think how many films have been released. I think it's let's see one. Eight, total. Well, hold on. X Men one, two, three. Wolverine, you heard it here, folks. One, two, Eight right, movies four, have been released total. Three, six, seven. Yeah, if you count Deadpool, it's eight. Anyway, yep. uh, if you count all of those movies, they're the ninth highest grossing film franchise of all time, which says quite a lot. Wow. Yeah. And, well, and granted, not a lot of movies franchises have that many movies. Oh, yeah. Especially action movies, obviously, are going to make a decent yeah. budget no matter what. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. Uh, yep. I think Deadpool is really And when we do, we'll talk to you about it. We will, because we have nothing better to do. Well, uh, on fun. that sobering moment. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, I think that about does it for the X-Men stuff. Mention the last little bit that you wanted about Batman versus Superman. Oh, uh, yes. 
So I, it was that they are Warner Brothers. Apparently, the rumor is that they are considering releasing their ultimate three-hour cut, R-rated cut, in theaters to help them uh, achieve their one one billion dollar box office. Is that real? I uh, that is the cur- no, no no. It's a rumor, unconfirmed. Okay. okay. But you you don't think that that could happen given the backlash I... and the fact that. Man of Steel right now is on track to be more profitable than Batman v Superman. I don't think they would do it. I hmm, nah. I just yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think, think it would they be would, successful enough. I don't think do they it. would. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they would think it would make enough. I think money. they probably are. Someone has seriously considered that though. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Is there any precedent right, for that? Have they ever released a movie? Uh, as an art rating, like a, a director's cut or a theatrical versus a yeah, theatrical they've released theaters. a second um, cut in theaters for a movie. Not in the same run that I'm aware of. Right, that's what like, I'm saying. Before it's left theaters, yeah, right. no, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, yep. I, I mm, meh, we'll see. I no. think all we can do is hope for these big studios that genuinely want to make money to learn from the mistakes of the bad movies. And learn from what the good movies did right. That's know? especially within this microcosm of comic book movies. Yeah, because yeah, it does have some different rules. That's very optimistic. I like it. Learn from your mistakes. That's deep. You heard it here, kids. All right. I think that about does it for us on the Much Ado About Comic podcast. Is there any other thoughts you're done? Not a single one. Okay, that's that's great. We're all we're all thoughted out. Thank you to our listeners yeah. for sticking with us for like two hours. Jeez, we really talked a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Went by fast. Yeah, we did. Sorry. Sorry uh, about that. Time just flies when you're having fun. Um, thank you to all of our listeners out there. We hope that you continue watching or listening. You can find us on muchyoudoaboutcomics at gmail.com and at muchcomics on Twitter. That's correct. Yeah, if you are watching us, listeners, Please stop it because I do not <laughs> condone that. You do not know where we live. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you, Chris. Drawing the shades. Thank you for making a very right. clever joke about my blatant misstep. <laughs> well, well, it's less a clever joke now that you pointed it out. I know. Hang in that lamp shade lantern. I'm going to nope. stop. I'm drunk. No, I'm not. Okay. All right. Bye, listeners. Have a fantastic day.